Revolution. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Between Two Femmes with myself, Mabale Muloy. And Astasia Karras. <laughs> and uh, we're going to go straight into things because, boy, oh, boy, do we have a jam-packed show for you today. Um, you are wearing a hat that has a story behind it. I am it. wearing a hat because... Well, I- let's first describe <sighs> this hat because, you know, you're a woman of fashion. You, uh, you're the editor yes, of possibly know. the the most influential uh, women's magazine in the country. Let's say it. And Marie you, Claire. And you have this hat. Go on, tell the hat. story. Uh, can I just say that the primary quality of this hat... Is that it gives you tunnel vision. So when you're wearing it, you can only look at one person at a time, which is like really very impressive. Right. Because then they feel so listened and heard. Right. I've right. loved it. But it's not good for driving. Don't drive with this. No, 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 no. Because it kind of cancels that, um, <laughs> peripheral stuff. Peripheral vision. That's exactly which it. Which is important. But, perhaps. but the reason you're wearing this hat. The reason I'm wearing this hat is I bought it at a vintage store in, um, Amsterdam when I was recently there. And, my man said the following words. He said, oh, God, you are never going to wear this hat again. You're buying it now because you're having this like sort of Amsterdam moment. You're in the moment. You're never going to wear it again. So today I said, whatever, I'm going to show him wrong. Today we're proving, proving him wrong. Proving him wrong. So no, there you I'm go. Show him. Dear husband. I'm showing him because we have I'm wearing you it. wrong. Okay. Mm. All right. I'm going to take pictures. Well, as I said, let's get let's get straight into the women's news because we do have Please. a lot to get through today. Mamsie, so let's, we've got a lot of people let's waiting for us. Let's do it. Okay, this is exciting. This is really great. Um, actress Terry Petto. And you know, these days she's not just an actress, right? She's a producer. She's a filmmaker. It's, I mean, she's, she's kind of taking charge. She's in control of she's her own destiny, of her own destiny right now. And the exciting thing is that the Cannes Film, Film Festival is currently underway. Uh, and she's there in her role as a producer. She, she actually told me all about it when I saw it at the Louis Vuitton show. Well, then you have the shop opening, but this is not news to me. So, yeah. What? Are you actually discrediting the fact that I'm making a big issue of something that you already no, knew no, no, about? No, I'm just saying that I knew it. I knew it. Okay, well, why don't you tell us what no, Terry no, said to you? No, impressive. She said, yeah. I'm going to be in Cannes next week as a producer. I was like, that's wonderful. Wonderful. This is such a brave step because, you know, ever so often we hear about how South African stories, um, the problem that we have is that South African stories don't get told by South African directors and producers. You know, you had the story of Nelson Mandela, which was told by um, mm. some, oh gosh, his name yes. escapes me now, but he's an, but he's foreign, a, he's an English, he's a <laughs> British director. And it's it's always great to see South African storytellers, producers and directors getting into the seat of control to take ownership of our stories and telling them. And what is this lovely story that she's telling? Well, this is the first time that um, Terry Petto is attending the Cannes Film Festival. Um, she wasn't able to attend back when she was, um, back when the movie Tzotzi was nominated. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the story is about Ayanda. It's about a 21-year-old Afro-hipster living in Yeovil, it's a coming-of-age story set in contemporary South Africa. 
So congratulations to Terry. Well done to you. Ayanda will uh, scream. I really want to see Ayanda. And here is another film that I actually want to see. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this film called, it's like our version of kids. This guy, he's also been showing it. It's called Necktie Youth by a director called Shibs Shongwe Lame. And he was sure it was getting huge um, interest at Tribeca. So I think there's definitely, it's like kind of a sort of story about these like sort of quite wealthy, um, kids, essentially. Okay. Shongwe <laughs> Lame, one to watch. But we're moving on because of the woman's news. And I think I have a strong suspicion that Shongwe Lame is a boy. <laughs> We don't want him there. Well, carry on. As for well, here, let me tell you about the fact that officials at a Connecticut school in America are ruining prom, which is their equivalent of the matric dance. Very big deal amongst teenagers. Uh, a full week with the late dress code announcement. They said no gowns that are backless or have slits or cutouts will be allowed. And if students will disobey the rules, they'll be sent home. Um and this is like really interesting because that they they would do it the day before. Okay, but what is the, the week before? But what is the reason behind um banning this kind of look? I'll I'll, I'll tell you why because it seems like the restrictions are upon They're always women. Well, this, the restrictions are on the t- the, the girls, right? The females, the girls. yeah. And you, because you know, um forget the guys. They know they they never have to own up to anything that happens ever in life. <laughs> I might be harsh, but that's just how I'm feeling right now. So what is the problem with having a back a backless dress? They're suggesting that um they had raised these concerns were raised by faculty and staff and even some of our male students. Oh, okay. They have some serious concern about some of the prom dresses that were being shown. No, I get it. Because the dress on the girl um causes you to lose control of yourself as a boy, you must then make the girl's problem to get more in control of herself. We're back. It's like prom Sharia. I get it. <laughs> um, staying with the whole fashion thing, Rebel Wilson. Um, she's she's a big hit on Twitter. She's funny. Um, she she was in Pitch Perfect and now Pitch I Perfect adore Two. Rebel Wilson. I Pitch think she Perfect. Is a delight. <laughs> Pitch Perfect Two releases on Friday, um, and Rebel Wilson is one of the movie stars. And she's announced that she's launching a clothing line with plus-size brand Torrid. The limited edition holiday collection will be available in November um, this year. I'm suspecting that that's probably in the U.S. first before it then spreads to the rest of the world. But there you go. Rebel Wilson has partnered uh, with a clothing label, and she's going to be releasing a line of plus-size clothing. How do we feel about that? I feel great because I think what's very important is that we've got lots of very positive frameworks and references for what it is to be a woman. And if you want to wear a backless dress to your bloody matric dance, mm. so be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if you want to launch a plus-size, you know, I mean, I just feel that enough with people telling us what to wear and how to wear it. Yeah. That's, that's my feeling. Well, that's exactly it. Enough with everybody else telling us how we should behave and what we should do and how we should feel about the way with the, that we're doing things. Um, so that is a wrap of the women's news this afternoon. Uh, coming up next, a jam packed show. Uh, we'll let you, let you know all about it, uh, right after this. You wish your girlfriend was hot like me. Oh.
Pussycat Dolls on cliffcentral.com uh, with Don't Ya. 12 minutes after 1 o'clock on this Thursday afternoon. Another edition of Between Two Femmes. Let's get straight into it because we've got joining us on the line the lovely Petra Mason, who is a cultural historian and publisher and a South African. And we are chatting to her in Miami. What time is it in Miami, Petra? Good morning. It's uh, seven in the morning. So oh, okay, good. We were concerned that we were waking you up in the middle of uh, some. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's it's early in the morning. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, how are you? We are good. We are great. Now, Petra Mason, you are a cultural historian and publisher. You just launched your latest book, which is Beefcake, 100% Rare, All Natural. I'm sorry. Which I find well, so fantastic. I figured, I figured it was time to take a look at the boys after checking out the girls in the last two books. And um, Yes, because your last two books... Dark Room was the first of the trilogy, so Betty Page, Queen of Curves was the next one. And I wanted to see what uh, the fellows were up to, so we did the beefcake book. All right, so Petra, I mean, what kind of reading am I investing in here? If I, if I, you know, if I, I decide image based to delve reading. into your book, just, I mean, just help me out here. It sounds very saucy. Well, it is absolutely, but I've, I've certainly um, uncovered all the mysteries in terms of all the um, research that I could have done. And, um, and done all the historical stuff. So it is quite, um, in, investigative in that regard, um, because I wanted to make sure that the book had credibility and that's very much part of my style to, um, to make sure that, you know, everything's done, uh, with a lot of research and a lot of insight. But what draws you, what draws you to these, uh, subject matters? Because now Betty Page, she is like sort of the original to, to my mind, like Dita Fontese has taken a lot from Betty Page. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, she's like the know, original so pinup queen. Let me just you, tell us a bit about her. She was naughty. <laughs> <laughs> she oh, was <laughs> absolutely. And I, I think that, um, Betty Page, uh, what sets her apart is that um, this is the 1950s that we're talking about, and she was a pinup model working in the 50s, um, mostly in the early 50s, and the, all of the images in the book are taken by a female photographer, which is a very important point. Bunny Yeager was, in fact, that long ago, uh, photographing images of women um, posing for pinup magazines. Uh, which of course was uh, enormously pioneering of her, um, extremely daring of her too, because the 50s was a very conservative time. Um, what Betty Page did was she had a look that was completely unique. Most of the models at the time were the quintessential sort of blonde bombshells, and um, they were, you know, considered attractive because they were quite coy 
and very feminine. But Betty Page was incredibly raunchy, and her gaze was completely unlike any of the other models at the time. She was slightly Uh, hardcore. I mean, she liked a bit of S&M. She was long before the... The, the 50 shades. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're talking 60 years ago at this point, and um, she was actually uh, on the run when she was photographed for the book that um, I've done with Bunny Yeager's images of Betty Page. Because, on the run? Um, she was under investigation, on the, la- on the run from the law, because <laughs> she was under investigation for her, her bondage photography uh, and poses, which she did in New York with a uh, photographer who had such a great name, Irving Claw. Um, it couldn't be more perfect for, for what he was doing. And um, he was a tiny little rotund man who worked out of a small studio in New York with his sister. And um, they did a lot of the bondage poses um, for his clientele who would, who would mail in requests. And uh, he'd send out, you know, a, a set of eight images at a time. Petra, and Betty um, Page was a very popular model. Yeah, uh, and Pat, I, tell Pat, us why you turned away from the 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 female, the gaze of the female on the female. Yes, and now it's all about beefcakes. I mean, not that we're complaining, but I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I wanted to make it a complete a trilogy and. Um, to to get both sides of the story, as it were. Of course, um, the male physique magazines uh, were very popular in the in um, from the 40s through to pre-disco, which is the date that I've given it. Because once disco music came along, everything changed and got a lot more risque. Um, so you know, the images in the Beefcake book, um, as are the images in the other book. They certainly, uh, in terms of today's standards, very mild and and uh, polite. Uh, there's nothing overly uh, nasty in, in any of the images. So, I mean, you guys, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. So the physique photography was a huge thing for um, for men at the time because um, homosexuality was illegal and um, it was the only opportunity that most men had to look at other men naked so under the guise of sports magazines <laughs> and physique magazines. Petra, I am also interested in your personal story. I mean, you're a South African woman and now you're living in the United States. You're a cultural historian and a publisher. How did that all fall into place for you? Well, um, I was uh, lucky enough to actually work um, at Associated Magazines um, in uh, the early 90s. And, Which is my um, stable. I, uh, exactly. So, so I, I came from, from where you guys are, and, but I was based in Cape Town, and it was a little bit before Marie Claire. So, um, I, so I, missed I was her. always involved in media, and I, I worked a lot with uh, art design and architecture, publications too um so i was you know i was already in the fold and i very ambitiously decided um in my late 20s to move to new york rather naively i must add um and but clearly was, not that naively uh, here you are oh <laughs> uh, absolutely i mean i had to be because you you require a certain degree of bravery and and or stupidity <laughs> to just pack up and, and leave and kind of take your 
your your dreams on the road with you. So, um, and I did it, and honestly, it hasn't it hasn't been easy all the time, of course. Um, now, what is I your relationship do, with Rizzoli? And Rizzoli is in the news this week, obviously, and last week because of Kim Kardashian's Selfish. And that's the kind of books that you guys have been publishing. They sort of pick up on popular culture throughout the decades, and they're really very much well, about... indeed. Um, Rizzoli have an extraordinary catalog of, um, of books that they produce uh, twice a year. So, um, you know, the range is, is immense from um, a beautiful sort of lifestyle um, home books to um, something as extreme as what they've done with the Kardashian book. And, of course, that's been getting a lot of press. But the company, Rizzoli, is, is a very classy publisher. Um, they've been around <laughs> for many years. Well, apparently this book, uh, The Selfish, is very classy too. <laughs> Uh, Why are we laughing as we say that? (laughs) Well, precisely. And uh, I was delighted to hear about this new app that's called Card Block, which enables you to block out anything Kardashian-related. Yes, yes. Apparently it works like an ad block. So I'm sure many people would be interested in that, including myself. But um, it certainly has caused a stir. It's been a big a big thing in uh, New York with the signings. I, I saw a couple of um, mentions of it. But uh, in terms of what we solely do, you know, these are certainly both quite, um, all three of my books are pop culture related. Um, they're also very much vintage photography related. And I think that they deserve a historical context because they do fall into photography and the history of photography. Um, Fortunately, Bunny Yeager, the photographer who actually passed away just a year ago, I got to work with her closely on the books. Um, And Betty Page was a model that Bunny Yeager was really responsible for um, shooting in her, uh, I think, her happiest period when she was out of New York City and on the beaches of of Miami and Florida. And the cops Um, hadn't caught up with her. Exactly, and and so she was enjoying um, her freedom. There's a lot of myths about Betty Page, of course, and part of that whole association with her bondage work that she did in New York is the fact that she would love to wear high heel shoes. Of course, she didn't, so it was quite fun getting um, insights into who Betty Page really was. And I think personal stories. I think that's why you're so lucky, yeah. Petra, because you're getting to sort of delve into women's stories and certainly the gaze on the human physique, <laughs> which is really what is most yeah. compelling. And I think that is what that is why we are so interested in whatever Kim Kardashian selfies or Betty Page or any of these things is because we kind of love to look at ourselves. But, uh, sure. Petra, let me ask you, because, you know, you mentioned that your move to the United States was a combination of, in your own words, stupidity, and then also maybe bravery of balls and that whole thing. But there's obviously a, an amount of work ethic that's gone into you, um, achieving your, your accolades. What comes next for you, Petra? What do you, what if, what have you got your eyes set on next? Well, I'm actually in the process of um, presenting some new uh, book ideas and um, finishing up a a book that's been done with a a Miami-based artist um, for the 
Mascara imprint, which is part of the Rizzoli group. And so that's coming out in the fall. And so we're looking forward to that being launched. It's going to be um, launched in Puerto Rico and, and of course, uh, elsewhere in the States. So, um, so that's next on the cards. But, of course, um, the uh, I haven't uh, left the vintage photography work behind at all. I'm going to be exploring some very uh, exciting, I think you'll like to hear about them, and I'll certainly be letting you know, um, uh, some uh, amazing images from a very sort of dark, dirty period in disco history. Oh, excellent, um, because I love disco. So, you know, I'm keeping, I'm keeping up with uh, the stuff that I, I'm, I'm passionate about, and, um, and so you'll be definitely be seeing those too, and I'll be... Um, promoting them as much as I can in South Africa because well, I, I really love South Africa and I'm, as you can tell, my accent remains unchanged <laughs> after 18 years. So <laughs> um, I, I'm still a very much a part of me. All thank right, you so fantastic. much for chatting with us. Um, well, thank you for being so delightful and for our mutual <laughs> adoration of Betty Page. Yes, yeah, so and I'm, I'm developing one for beefcake now. <laughs> and that's actually oh, what... I, I totally, I'm totally into the beef cake. I'm telling you, I, I, I was, I, I've fallen madly in love with a number of those models. So they're quite divine. Petra I'm glad Mason, you're enjoying them too. Thank you so much. Uh, that's Thank Petra you. Mason, uh, cultural historian and publicist. And, publisher, uh, publisher, publisher, sorry, publisher. <laughs> you know what? It's important to make the distinction. Um, joining us there all the way from Miami in the United States. Uh, coming up next, what a treat. Uh, she's the one, a show currently airing on SABC3. And we've got some of the contestants running us this afternoon. We're going to learn more about the show. And in case you're not aware of the show, she's the one. It's all about putting together a group of women and having them battle it out. They are tested on their drive, their determination, their smarts, their street smarts. Uh, street smarts, all the tools that they have available to them. And basically, it's about finding the conqueror who will take over the media world. So we're going to be chatting to some of the contestants from She's the One coming up next on Between Two Frames right here on cliffcentral.com. It's uh, T.I. featuring Iggy Azalea on Between Two Frames right here on TripCentral.com. Yeah, well, listen, when it comes to She's the One, it's, it's, there's nothing there's mediocre. No, mediocre. no, we don't want anybody mediocre on this, on this show. Uh, and so we welcome this afternoon some of the contestants from She's the One. Ladies, good afternoon and Hi. welcome. Hi. Yes, a chorus, a chorus of beautiful women. And so briefly, uh, briefly the show, reality television show, reality TV is all the rage. Uh, we've got joining us this afternoon Itumileng Mashilwani, who is an artist. Itumileng. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, we've also got Samantha Rosemary, who's a fashion designer and entrepreneur. Hi. <laughs> and then Linda Sifumba, who is a freelance stylist. Hello, Itumileng. And uh, a schmodel is okay. what is, okay. is, is the description that was also uh, given to you. And so, <laughs> Linda, what is a schmodel? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yeah. So, like, a schmodel is like a model, but then you're a very relatable model. So, I'm signed under Lampost, um, so ah. I'm a character well, under Lampost. Well, we spoke to Lampost. 
uh, with Jody two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. So now we have an example before Classic us Linda. of exactly the kind of girls that <laughs> she was. And, and what exactly does it mean to be a relatable model? Um, so you are a model that is real, honest, and you just raw. You just you. And a lot of people out there relate to the type of character that you are. Um, a lot of the time, models you can't relate to them. They're no. very skinny. They're very like beautiful. They're flawless. Well, you. And I mean, you're beautiful and flawless. So uh, I'm just. I'm just gonna put it out there. Just, thank you, but yeah. um, thank you. <laughs> gonna receive it. Just take it. <laughs> I'll just take it. But a schmodel is 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 the person that you relate to, basically. Okay. Uh, Samantha, help us understand what your experience on She's the One has been like. I mean, first of all, can we talk about what they win? <laughs> oh, they're halfway. They're halfway through the show right now. Yeah. You are three of the six finalists. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, the seven finalists. There's seven, seven finalists. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. No, back okay. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, a good, a good place to start, Samantha, would be what is the ultimate prize on She's the One? Oh. Wow. Well, I mean, it just, it's such a, a big amount of prizes. I mean, there's just, it's endless. Um, but one of the things is to be the brand ambassador of Edgar's, which is quite amazing. I mean, um, coming from a fashion background, that's really important for me. Epic. It's a huge thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, you win 250,000 rand in cash. You win a car, a year's worth of clothing and, and makeup courtesy of Edgar's. Um, it's, it's really, it's no Mickey Mouse prize, it's insane. guys. It's but insane. I, I mean, in some kind of way, it sounds Can't like you would. I'd be their band ambassador. <laughs> we can just skip the reality <laughs> show. Marie Claire, fashion, it all works. Win. But I mean, it also sounds like you win. You know, like a huge responsibility on your shoulders as, you know, with the job description that you then What take. is a brand ambassador? Yeah. Well, you've got to represent the brand. I mean, with, I mean, it, when it comes to advertising for them, speaking about them, you know, you've really got to represent Edgar's and it, it's not only, um, you know, when you, you're walking around in the streets, it's, it's, it's talking to people. It's really promoting Edgar's and making sure that everybody knows what Edgar's is about. Hmm. Okay. So relating to people, being there and being a firm image of Edgar's. Yes. So, um, doing that in a very respectful manner, doing that in a, in a manner of honesty as well. So being a brand ambassador is really just embodying sure. the brand physically and practically. What makes a girl enter a reality this show? This is what I was going to ask. Apart from the obvious. Milling. I mean, you're yeah. an artist. Yeah. And so you thought this is the show for me because why? You know, I didn't really think about it. Um, I was, um, I had a writer's block. I had a writer's block and um, I didn't know what to write musically. So um, I kept on going for auditions and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, let me just check this one out. And it turned out to be the best experience of my life. Oh. Like I met amazing women who are <laughs> so unique in their own kind of way. It's not the conventional beauty that you see every day, but it's people who are crazy um who love life and who are also as determined to actually make it in their own respective careers so i entered because i also wanted south africa to know that maleng is coming a singer is coming so you guys can see me as this person but you guys are going to see a total different person on stage um, we've also got Nigel Takura joining us in studio this afternoon. The, yes, the thorn among the roses. <laughs> with the voice. If you will, if you will allow me to say so, Nigel. <laughs> and you're involved with the social media of the show. But That's I'm trying right. to get an understanding of the kind of women that the show was looking for when they made their final decision. You started out with 12 contestants. 
Uh, tonight is the is it the third last or second last episode airing tonight? Well, at the moment we are going to be airing episode eight tonight. Okay, and that'll be on SABC three at seven thirty. Uh, re- regarding the type of women we are looking for, uh, the show's title is "She's the One." Yeah. So we're looking for women who we could say are the one. You know, when it comes to the end of the show, we'll be like, after twelve weeks of this, we've decided that she's the one because of. And you have to watch the show to see what we mean by "she's the one." We they face a lot of different challenges uh, through the episodes. Uh, last week they actually did um, a wonderful heartwarming episode. Mm. Uh, they visited. SOS Children's Home in Ennerdale. Yeah. Um, and they played with the kids and it was quite a tearjerker. It was actually one of our most popular episodes. I mean, it sounds like you've got an array of women here. You've got fashion designers, you've got artists, you've got musicians, you've got schmodels. <laughs> <laughs> and so really it's, it's a diverse woman with multi skills, it sounds. Yes. That, it's that a, it's makes a multi, her the one. A multifaceted woman, not just a one dimensional woman. It's a woman who we can is title there such a thing? I don't think that out there in society there is one woman who is one-dimensional. I think yes. by just simply speaking <laughs> of women, we we have so much to bear yeah. on our shoulders and to deal with on yeah. a daily basis. Absolutely. What is a one-dimensional not, woman? Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. There isn't one-dimensional woman. However, there are women who follow trends and become what society wants them to be. Okay. Whereas there's other women who just want to break boundaries and, you know, Go to greater heights that find the world, see it, try and get somewhere, you know. And she's the one is exactly that. <laughs> All right, Linda, le- let me in a little bit into the, into what you're going through in that moment. I mean, they're testing your determination, your street smarts, your skills. They're testing a whole bunch of things. And so in that moment when you feel like you're breaking down, how do you bring yourself back because you're in a competition? Have you um, had to eat any insects? No, so it's not <laughs> okay. that kind of show. Thank goodness. Okay. No cockroaches in our mouths. Yeah. They're testing them. I just like <laughs> zero. <laughs> You're staying far away from those shows. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, well, um, for me personally, um, it was it was challenging because it's a reality show and um, you have to have that moment of getting away staying true to yourself reminding yourself and going and stepping back in um we've had a lot of um people that will come and then they'll be themselves behind the cameras but then when the cameras come it's a completely different person so it's just literally Mm. pulling yourself back reminding yourself and stepping back in and just with the show um just to elaborate further with with what dumi was explaining about it was it really enhances your character. It really enhances who you are. So one dimensional woman, it's almost like, it's not that we are one dimensional woman, but we stepped in as a certain specific woman, but leaving, we leaving stronger woman. We leaving grown. We leaving completely different. We leaving like we can actually take over the world. Um, it's really just challenged us. On so many There's levels. a lot of energy in this room. I'm so feeling many, yeah. that we just yeah, take over our... So many you levels. levels. <laughs> our what? Like, our yeah, yeah, they just, yeah, no, we're like, not they're like that. Almost like, you know, they're like female colonists. <laughs> They've moved in. They're putting their flag down. But my first sanity, though, is literally um, reminding myself why I was there and why wh- what message I was carrying while being in the show. And also, um, I'm Christian, so I prayed a lot and I read a lot. and And so just all of that just... Literally helped me a lot with my sanity and reminding myself why I was there. So tell us what your worst um, experience yeah, was, Samantha. What uh, well, the most oh, wow. challenging? <laughs> well, your yes. most challenging I mean, challenge. I mean, I mean it, it's all about testing you. 
what 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 for you rang true in that in that regard? Um, it would have to be a toss up between the we had a soiree, so we had to do uh, we had to <laughs> we had to <laughs> compile this entire party and invite all these famous, well known South African celebrities to this party, and we had to entertain them. Not we had my to buddy, that they did not invite us. <laughs> It's oh, wow. Nigel, Nigel. 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 <laughs> no, what? Let's, I'm, let's, I'm let's, let's Nigel. <laughs> as you, but as now, we, now we know you guys. We're sorry. We'll definitely invite you to our future party. <laughs> okay, so that's sorry. Um, yeah, so it was just, uh, so we had to um, basically do everything from scratch and um, entertain, host these guests. And I think that was one of the most challenging um, things that we had to do purely because, well, for myself, I didn't really know much about these kind of parties and things. And, um, for the other girls, there's so many different types of personalities in the house and to try hone in on everybody's different personalities and to actually get everybody to work as a team can become very challenging. Management, management. Definitely. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah. what do you then take away from the show and how do you apply it? To, you know, you going forward after the show, once the show is done as an artist. Well, I don't know as yet, because I'm still in the house. However, I do know that I'm a different person now and I've grown so much. I, I speak less. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's, is that a good yeah, thing? Yeah, it, it is. Like I'm in a so space good. where I don't even I feel like I need to entertain anyone or say anything to them for that matter. Like, and it's, I'm, I'm so at peace with that because most of the time I would try so hard just to get into people's good books. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I was I think, reading about Angela Merkel. A profile about her, and arguably she's the most powerful woman in the world. Yeah, wow. the, the the Chancellor of <laughs> Germany, and she also doesn't speak a lot. Yeah. She was fascinating because she just listens. She listens. She listens, mm. which is a very valuable and useful trait to have. Clearly yeah. decides apparently yeah. within the first yeah. three minutes what you're actually about, and then comes out with the killer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but now speaking of the killer. Uh, I mean, we're in the final rounds of the show. All three of you are here. Are all three of you in the, in the top sort of final positions? They're all in the, the top, top seven, seven now. Okay. Top seven. So they're still in the house. I mean, yeah, they're listening they, right they, now. Like, what, did they bring you out? Like what? Do they like have to blindfold you? And <laughs> not even. Like it's <laughs> not really. <laughs> we haven't seen the sun in quite a while. <laughs> Civilization. <laughs> like a, and keep I mean, you away from other people. How do you <laughs> sort of balance or draw the line between, because you know, um, with women, uh, apparently we're very competitive. Men are p- competitive too, but you know, apparently the competition among women is like an entirely different game altogether. And so, how do you manage that and then stop yourself from getting involved in sort of like catfight <laughs> situations or you know situations that you would look back on and say, mm, I could have dealt with that differently? How do you manage the competition so that it's healthy, but at the same yes. time you're not compromising yourself? Do you want to um, go for that? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off, and then I think we can all roll on that. But um, it's very it's very difficult to to go into a competition like this. Um, and I think the most important thing is to not lose yourself, and to always, like Linda says, she would go into her room and kind of just center herself again. And that is the most important thing to have alone time and to realize what you are there to do, what you are there to, your, to achieve. You know, what are your goals? Um, and to not lose sight of the end goal and to not lose sight of who you are as a person because it's very easy to do that, let me tell you. 
And with me personally, I'm so sorry to disturb you. For, for me <laughs> no, I, I, are you feeling disturbed? This, this, I'm so sorry. This is your moment to shine. Go and ahead. for me personally as well, what Samantha was saying, but also just remembering you know why you're there and your honesty just for me um what i would do is if i have an issue or i have a problem i will address it with um samantha or do me on the side not in front of the cameras because i've realized that cameras make you become a completely different person mm-hmm. you become com- you you just defense mode and you won't hear what i'm trying to communicate to you so i just literally tried my best to maintain my honesty and integrity throughout the show and the only way i would be able to do that was literally stepping back Remembering, be reminded, why am I here? Step in again. And if I have an issue with someone, go to that person, address it and be okay. So just honing that honesty is the most important thing. And for you, Itimele? Honestly? <laughs> no, let's just lie. <laughs> um, it's reality TV. I don't know what you mean. They're you know, not lying now. Um, it was, it was really real for me because I'm one of the girls who's gotten into the most fights in the house. And no, I'm not a trouble, ba- I'm not a trouble one, maker. Are you the one that everyone was like, stay away from her? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We no, all do. Away from her. <laughs> no, um, I'm I'm not a troublemaker. I think I'm one person who wants to deal with one thing at that moment, right then, because I don't like gossiping. I it's not in me. I don't do that. Waste of your time. Yeah, you know, because I'm not scared of you. Like, I mean, come on, let's just speak about this, you know. And um, my biggest challenges were not being able to express myself when I'm angry. You know, or even to, why do I have to get to a point of being angry? And the lovely thing about being on the show is being matured about uh, things and being able to help uh, let people help you to become the best out of yourself. Yes. Don't get me wrong. I am still like d- really, honestly, I am still the angry. one woman oh. who <laughs> does not uh, who's a non nonsense taker yes. like i don't take nonsense from anyone however i'm already scared <laughs> <laughs> however now it's controlled yes. now there's a different approach to Engela, it Engela, yes. she must be your lord yeah. star yeah. follow exactly, Engela Merkel. So. nigel what more do we have to look forward to on she's the one well there's a lot more to look forward to we're going to have a couple of international guests on and um also just um Can you, you can you give us a sneak peek at these international guests or are you uh, not allowed well, to Unfortunately I can't. Uh, uh, um, what I can <laughs> what I can give you a sneak peek into is um we have a, a a lot on social media. So if you've missed any of this wonderful show for any reason at all, uh on Twitter you can follow us at, at she's the one SA. And on YouTube we have a lot of webisodes from episode one all the way up to episode seven. Where you can catch up on bite-sized chunks. It's not the entire episode, so no need to worry about data. <laughs> um, and on Facebook, we are at She's the One as well. So uh, tonight, just follow, uh, watch the show, engage with us on Twitter. Uh, How many weeks have you got left? We have four weeks left after today. Huh. Crunch time, ladies. Okay. Yeah, and we're very nervous because so one person is going home tonight. So. Oh, and it, it could very well be one of you. Yeah, two. it could be. It could be. Well, all we can We're say gonna, is yeah, good, good luck. luck. Yeah. Thank you so much. Put your blindfold back on. <laughs> oh, Nigel, where are they? Stop lying. Let's wait a second. Let's here. Samantha Rosemary, Linda Sifumba, and Nigel Takura from She's the One joining us this afternoon. Uh, more to come here on Between Two Friends, clipcentral.com. <laughs>
Sam Smith, Fun Between Two Friends with Restart, but that's not what we're doing here. We're keeping things moving because it's a busy day today, Asfasia. Oh, hang on. Your microphone is uh, That was, you know, well, this is what happens when things because get busy. Because it's a busy day. It's a busy day. And next up, on our very busy schedule, I thought I'm going to squeeze in this lovely, lovely lady, Mimi Shu. Yes. Who is DJ Misty Rabbit. And on Tuesday night at the launch of the Prada store... Oh yes, this is, this is the big <laughs> this is the big thing in Santon in Santon City, eight hundred right? square meters of just sheer Prada delight. Is this officially the biggest clothing store that we've we've got there right now? Mm, no, there, no, there's one or two others that are pretty similarly sized. Okay, all right, <laughs> but, but it is huge. Yeah, let me just say that for them, for Prada, apparently it's one of the biggest in the world. Um, so so it was like, but but here's the thing. DJ Misty Rabbit was behind the decks turning like what was like essentially like a sort of cocktails sedate event. She turned it into a party immediately. And I said, who is this DJ Misty Rabbit you speak of? <laughs> um, doing this, people were di- busting a move in the handbag section. I mean, it was in- insane. And um, apparently she is one of the top DJs, um, certainly in London. And Prada loves her, so they fly her all over the world to play at their event. Is that where you're based, Um, DJ Missy from? Yes, I'm based in London, but I'm French, so I live between London and Paris. Oh, that's very glamorous. And so, gosh, you just, I mean, you get to travel the world. You know, whenever people are kind of looking from the outside and they're thinking, what a luxurious life. Yes, it is. It, it looks really luxurious and fun, but it's a lot of hard work behind as well. Just because I try to deliver a different experience every time I travel to a country, to a city, try to understand the audience, the local culture, and kind of connect with the audience. And I do a lot of preparation work before I play. So, you know, and then the whole jet lag situation is not always very pleasant. I mean, there's always worse, but it's not as fun, you know, and easy as it seems to be. Now, tell us, where have you played this month? I was in New York, in Hong Kong. In London. You see, that sounds luxurious to me. I yes, mean, yes. <laughs> but when you, when you, when you're able only, only to, when you only stay, like staying somewhere only 40 hours is not as fun as it <laughs> seems to be. You know, you, you kind of don't even know where, which country you are at some point. So. And how long have you been DJing for and how did you end up in, in the business? I think I've always been a massive music fan. So as a kid, I grew up playing piano, so I'm classically trained. And I start to play around with vinyls. My, my ex-boyfriend had a massive vinyl collection, so I was just playing with vinyls at home. And then one thing leads to another. I start DJing, and I start working for a music label, and I start producing my own music. And, you know, it's kind of just a... You know, the snowballing. Snowballed. Yeah, it snowballed. But music has always been my main passion so i don't really do it for the glamour or you know to be for the lifestyle i just but passion i'm passionate about music so that's that's the now when i mean clearly there's a technique to getting a floor full yes (laughs) and moving yes give us your secret because a lot of people think i could do this but they probably don't realize 
that it takes a certain it's, skill. It's, yeah, it's it's about building up a vibe and also creating a crescendo with your set. So it's about starting quite slowly, teasing people and take them on a musical journey. And I love the idea of playing different style of music. I hate one dimensional set, which mm-hmm. I listen to. I just get bored. I'm like, okay, the same beat on the loop, no harmony. I'm leaving. Unless I'm really drunk, I'm not staying, you know? So, <laughs> and so I love to take my audience to, to places, you know, to a song that they would know and then to places they don't know. They're discovering a new track, mix it up with, you know, like I could go from a hip hop to even a dancehall track to a techno track to an old school disco. You know, now I was, uh, you know, to, I played in, um, in Johannesburg, so I dig into my collection of uh, South African music. You know, I play Harari, you know, uh, Miriam, uh, Miriam Makeba. You know, so it's for me, it's also a great uh, way of connecting with uh, with people. Now you were very, very. Um, she was very complimentary about us South Africans, which is why I got so delighted. I said, "We have to have. Yeah. Her, we need the compliments. We need the love because we're hard on ourselves." And it's tell us, having too hard on yourself. Oh, you know, so. yes, totally yeah. hard on yourself. And I, I'm really delighted to have been able to spend only 48 hours here, but got to know, you know, the, the, the people better. And I went to Soweto, you know, I was really touched by great, the greatness of the country, you know, and I obviously love to go to Cape Town next time, Jill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, tell us, uh, because you were saying that like they're definitely different styles of crowd. Different style yeah. of crowd. So I like play the around Parisians the yeah. we were saying were a bit, how to say I'm cold, French cold, cold All right Well I mean let's I can talk about them Okay so <laughs> you can talk about them Let's hear about What we are as a crowd then, As South Africans I think first of all South Africa You have a really good Sense of rhythm So people move on the beat You know That you have a percussion And people start going Also I think South Africa has It's such a great Melting pot Of western African So music You know musically You're much more interesting Than a lot of country That I know For instance You know And people really connect with music in general mm. in london the audience is in, it's different because as long as they're really drunk they will connect so you know <laughs> that's the thing french take a lot of work it's very like you know you kind of dig in and then you get them eventually going and that's at the end of the night so you're exhausted uh, in america they're just cheap dates is what she's saying <laughs> My Bali. We cheap dates, we get excited, we hear a beat or on the dark. Well, yeah, well but then I can see people starting on the same bedroom or something, is that the local drink? Is that what people drink? Uh, I, I heard about that. I d- no, no, I mean it kind of depends. It depends on where you are. It depends on yeah. but you know what? Um as somebody who gets to jet set and travel all over the world. Is there one place that you just feel closer to than any other place? So I love London because London is a such an amazing melting pot of culture and experiences and it's big enough for me to play because play as a, you know, playground. Mm. Paris is really small. New York is tiny in a way and London, it's, it's huge. It's so spread out. East is different from West. So my, you know, my friends mm. from the East end never come to West and my friend the West hate going to the East. So Where you do feel you like you're living to, th- I live in the West, <sighs> but all my meetings, all my creative friends are in the East. So I kind of just, you know, it's not that far, but it's yeah. a psychological frontier that exists in London and North is different from mm. South. You feel like you're in four different um, cities in one. So How it's great. Did, uh, I mean, uh, when you suddenly broke through and people like sort of, where did you start playing? I th- I lived in Sydney, Australia for yeah. for a few years. Wow. And then I was working for a music label and I start, this is how I start DJing. So I kind of learned how to DJ technically, old school, 
yeah. vinyl. Um, so it, you know, was not USB or CD or Ableton or any of these contemporary um methods. Um, which I don't call DJing anymore. Um, <laughs> you tell them. You such, tell them. I'm such a snob. <laughs> you need to be technically good. Um, when you DJ. Uh, so. Yeah, so I started in Sydney and I moved back to Paris and this is where, you know, it started. And I think because I'm a girl, you kind of get the press quite easily and then fashion brands start to endorse you a little bit and this is, you know, you start. But fashion is great, but music is, it is definitely more important to me. <laughs> let me, let me ask you a question because you, you do mention that you're a girl. And so does it get exhausting when people keep asking you about the challenges that you face yeah, yeah. as a female in the industry and you're like, Stop asking me that question at this point. No, but or, or, or is it a case of it is yes, a case. It's still very it much is, a it challenge. It is a case. People assume that you're shit when it's because you're a girl. Sorry, did I swear? That's, That's okay. 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 <laughs> central. You can say what you like. Say anything you if like. If you're in the music world, people always assume that you are a girl. So mm, you know, it's just she's you know she's trying, but it's not great. So you have you actually have to work three times harder to be good as a girl than as a man because it's man's world in music. In fashion, uh, people, it's difficult in fashion because people don't have always, they're not so knowledgeable in the fashion crowd. So you have to work harder to understand what the fashion crowd can connect mm-hmm. musically. So, you, you know, you have different layers in, uh, when you DJ. We almost have to finish, which is tragic. Give us <laughs> one track that, um, you highly recommend we should all be listening to right now. Okay. So I've got a band called Carnet de Voyage. Uh-huh. Music. It's a it's a Spell band that, that I started. Carnet C A R N E T de D E Voyage V O Y A G E. It means traveling notebook. Traveling it's, notebook. Yes, it's my new band that um I started with uh, my music partner Rosie Chang a year ago, and you you know it the, in, uh, the website is carnetdevoyagemusic.com and. Basically, it's all my musical influences in that I put in into this band, so you can go check it out. Fantastic! Thank Fabulous. you so much for joining us, DJ. Mr. Pleasure, Leonard. pleasure. Uh, Thank you for having me. And you've got a plane to catch, apparently. Like you're heading yep. back home today. In a couple hours, right, but I'm going to get a lot of built-in before. Yes, you Excellent. should. Yes. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed your stay in South Africa, and we look forward Loved to having it. you back I hope again. To listen Thank to you for playing some Absolutely. more parties. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and that is, that is a wrap for uh, this uh, week's edition of Between Two Frames. Thank you, Aspasia. Thank you, Mabali. It's been wild. Yes, we'll see you back here next week. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com.